Welcome to the Degree of Experience Podcast, Episode 17. I'm your host, Chris Bargeron, and I'm celebrating 9-12. And I am Sir Puck here with you, Chris Bargeron. Why are you celebrating 9-12? A little it's... odd. Seems like a little <laughs> flippant, like... What the something turns twenty one and we don't have to pay attention to it anymore? This is off free to get drunk and wreck its own life now. That's well, yeah, uh, no. Um, it actually came from uh, church at Unity um, yesterday. Yeah, sure. well, it was September eleventh yeah. on a on a service day, and it wasn't the focus on it. Um, but the way he tied it into the discussion, um, was was how he he basically he made a statement about celebrating 912 uh not so much as a replacement but as well like he you know he said a line of like you know I celebrate 912 because it was the day after and the day after for that for that moment we all woke up with with a different consciousness a different focus in, at least as a country yeah, this is why I don't go to church yeah, you know, we we woke up instead of being like to me that sounds a little preachy. Is he going to celebrate the thirteenth too and the fourteenth? If like, you ask him, about, I think he would say yes. He like, would say yes because it didn't happen. You know, like what? You know, I don't know. That message is a little. He's not saying it's a holiday, but he was he was saying to counter the idea of nine eleven. You know, we focus so much on on all the lost lives, which is something to recognize but also to keep in mind the celebration of what good may have came from it and the good being that we all for a little bit, at least as Americans, didn't worry about our petty differences. No longer were we in a place of like, you know, we, we got refocused on helping each other as a country, you know, in, instead really? of like, you know, I, you know, screw you for being, you know, this. It gave us everybody. Spectrum. They gave us everybody someone to, to hate instead of each other there for a little while. It was magic. It was magic. It was magical. Yeah. You know, well, even I know, even at the moment, I thought about like, I mean, you know, we were that said, I mean, we were told, you know, a new enemy to focus on, which was outside Mm -hmm. of the country. And like, right, we went from like being instructed or (laughs) told to be fearful and angry at each other to be fearful and angry at a at an outside source. Who was the enemy before that, though? I mean, like we'd been at war over there. So, I mean, to me, it was just the natural tail into like something that had already happened pre- previously, you know? Like, I mean, it's not like we were peaceful and everything was kumbaya. And, no, and everything was, was not. But, no, everything was not yeah. peaceful and kumbaya. I mean, it, I think it was it was a similar situation as like today, you know, that we were, you know, we were focused on, you know, Republicans versus Democrats, you know, the the people that are pro-abortion versus the people that are, you know, pro-life, um, et cetera, so et cetera. saying we've come nowhere in, in 25 years, essentially. Not with that attitude. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Not with that attitude, man. You know, but I mean, you know, I, 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 I like the, what he was trying to express of, of sort of focusing on, because that's a big message of his is, is looking past all this BS that we're fed about how we're all different. And instead focusing on the truth of how we're all, we all are connected, you know? And so on a day of September 11th to try and incorporate that message into it, to try and shift the consciousness towards that, instead of being reminded about fear or reminded about, you know, how we need to be, you know, persistent in battling X or Y, 
It just know, this year, I feel like it wasn't that. Uh, I feel like the Queen took it over this year. Oh, totally. Honestly. Oh, yeah, you're um, absolutely right. Yeah, everybody. The, was... uh, the the dailies this morning, like as I was uh, on the elliptical. Mm-hmm. This this being the twelfth, as we're recording this. Yeah, uh, the Monday after. Yeah, we haven't figured out the news. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't really watch the news anyway, but I assume that it's just kind of loaded up. Especially last year, it was the twenty first, so you know, maybe or twentieth. So maybe they blew their load last year and are just like, meh. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it it yeah. The whole September eleven thing definitely didn't feel as predominant in in how I receive a lot of let's say messaging or such. You know, my phone. Yeah, exactly. The phone updates. Um, have have been more about the queen than anything right um which is you know, i would say a historical event yada yada yeah big stuff but you know <laughs> aren't we supposed to be like the people that broke away from them <laughs> I, I don't mean, know like, it's always been interesting much, much respect to you love you sorry you lost her but i don't think she was my queen right like uh have you seen Charles's fingers? I, I I am with you. Like I have the same experience of people that I've never heard say anything about the United Kingdom or anything about their leaders or or, or major figures. Suddenly, like, yes, like these people be, probably the people that have no clue that their prime minister was just swapped out days before she died, right? That kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know they don't pay attention, right? To you know different things. You know, it's just like when. It's it's almost like celebrity <laughs> gossip, and maybe that's that's the part of what we love oh, about it. And yeah, we also original, love royalty, you know. We the original um, gossiper, you know, like uh, soap opera, right? Yes, yeah. And, and I enjoyed uh, Downton Abbey. I, I fired up the Crown because I was like, "Hey, why not?" I've gotten through season two, and it's something we've always wanted to watch. So you know, I'll take that programming. Nice. I'll absorb it. Um, it's fun reading the criticisms of it. You know, the, the book of knowledge article has a whole like inaccuracies section episode by episode, but yeah, yeah, I think it's, uh, definitely worth bumping that. Cause personally, I think nine 11 should be a day of respect more than anything else. Not based on fear, just the fact that it happened. Yeah. Um, put a cap on it. Like my goal is to, and I think somebody might've been doing it yesterday, um, the stair step machines, you know, mm-hmm. um, to do that, to do the, the amount of flights that the firemen did that didn't come back, you know, oh, tried to get, you know, maybe yeah. got caught above the second plane, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I would say it was always a very impactful moment in my life as a, what, 18 year old. It's my buddy's my best friend in high school it's his birthday so like we graduated high school it's first year of college i came home to smoke a bowl and watch the news that was my plan because it's john's birthday oh i don't need to go to school i'll just i'll take i'll take homegirl to the marta stop drop her off and come back and you know just plop down on the couch and watch the news and that's what i did mm-hmm. um and i turned it on and they didn't really know what was going on yet the first plane had hit and they thought it was just a little you know, prop plane or something like that. And I'm looking at it like, okay. And then watch the second plane hit live. Right. So yeah, that was definitely something that impacted me up into when I went to ground zero, I went there in March of 2020. Right before, uh, the new fear took over. So it's all my fault guys. I reset the fear. (laughs) Reset the fear. It would have gotten reset anyway. Yeah. 
But yeah, that's I, my my nine eleven story, and then that was before we even knew each other, right? I right. Think that, it was, this kind of ties great into the last episode, yeah. right? <laughs> well, we co- we talked about two our nine eleven experiences uh, a, f- yeah. a couple episodes ago, but right, I haven't had the chance. I I haven't been in New York um, really since we drove through it essentially during the fish tour, and I, I slept. It's I was asleep in the I back of the car when we did that. Sure. So. Like I, I had training up in it. It was in Delaware, and like we got off early on the Friday, and it was just like I decided to take a train down and do that, and it was cool. Nice. Yeah, it's something I always wanted to do. Yeah. Did it shift your perspective or anything? Did you have a whole new um, experience or view of it? I can more directly it? relate to the trauma. Yeah, you can imagine. see what it was because the memorial, if you know, is the two pools that are in the footprint of the two towers. Mm-hmm. So I walked around both of them. You know, it's like walking around the buildings, and then they have the museum where it goes underground to where you can see. Remember the retaining wall or whatever wall it was that keeps the river uh, <laughs> being a river instead of <laughs> going through the, that underground area. That whole wall that was damaged, they have exposed in the museum, and you, you're underneath. It's just, it's really impactful. Mm-hmm. I would recommend it to anybody who is impacted by the trauma of 9 11, somebody that went through it, because uh, it definitely brings it all home and gives you a focal point for it that's not in the past anymore. It's something you can kind of go and experience and have, you know. When I was there, of course, again, it was like right before COVID. No agenda was talking about it, but that was it. Um, <laughs> and you, you got a good experience from the, the tour guides. They often have some personal experience that they're able to relay very well. You know, like there's this stairwell that that shouldn't be there that still is. The people serve like there's, there's these stories all throughout it and um, all these things. Um all these things along the way that it's just, it's definitely something everybody should do that I think was at least alive and impacted by it. I don't think it really gives too much context to somebody who wasn't alive and wasn't impacted by it. Right. I live with a teenager and you can't like, I've tried to get, there's no way to even impart a portion of what it was like to go through that. I don't think I think the same would he said of Pearl Harbor or some event like that. Well, that's what I was just about right? to, uh, to say is, you know, because I well, back to when we were talking about how this year it just, you know, it just didn't seem as much of a of a remembrance event as it did the previous year. Of course, there's a, there's a number of years, of course, but but also and and the queen dying. But I think, too, we're going to start to see that trend because of our experience, you know, I remember because it got me thinking when I was, you know, a kid or a young teenager and, you know, there would be Veterans Day, you know, and they would be talking about Vietnam and, you know, all these all these different, you know, wars and events before I was even born. And right. That was kind of my experience of it is like it, it just felt so distant and almost like it felt like it was unreal um, versus for us. 9-11 is very real you know i can still right i can still remember all the emotions from that day um so it's i think that's it's just kind of natural and i think it's going to be interesting for us we're going to have that experience of right of sort of a disconnect from it because the newer generations you know not so much out of a disrespect or that it didn't matter but they're just right they just can't 
they just can't relate to it or they don't have, I don't know why the word nostalgia is coming up, but that's not the right word. It's not the right emotion, but still I'll just use it. You know, the nostalgia of it. So well, and looking through like the headlines, I have that website I use where it displays just headlines, right? Which is mm-hmm. <laughs> evil and kind of convenient, right? Um, it's all about, there's nothing. The only thing is MSNBC and MSNBC and it says the U S faces a new type of threat 21 years after the nine 11 attacks. So it's not even about that anymore. It's about refocusing it and, and moving it and making it relevant to whatever <laughs> the agenda of the day is. Yeah. In my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, look at that. We did a nice little catch up on news of the day thing, right? Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. Welcome, everyone, to Degree of Experience. Uh, this is a podcast where we reevaluate our past, like our experiences in 9-11, uh, in order to redefine our present and future. Uh, this is a sort of a personal stories podcast, so we, we reflect on things, we tell uh, our tales, or a lot of times mostly my tales, because really the big inspiration was I, I'm coming from a, a past where I, I did a lot of things that I regretted for a long time. Uh, until really in the last, you know, five, six years where I finally had a shift. And, and then I realized that if it hadn't have been for all those quote unquote mistakes that I had made, um, I wouldn't be where I am today. So instead of having that shame that I had for years that fueled my alcoholism, I, I now see everything as something I'm grateful for. It was a part of my path, but it also was educational on different levels. So um, that's, that's really the main motivation here. And then we have topics that we discuss, um, which we're going to do today. Sometimes we have special guests. Um, but we enjoy doing this. It's a lot of fun. And, and again, we just hope to pass a degree of experience onto others to really bo- more empower someone to take value in their experience. There's, there's another side. This is just my perspective that in the culture today, everything's, Everything is is so focused on outside sources that you need to take in. You know, it's like you you know you got to go to college. You know, and oh, what do you you know? You're not a scientist. You need to trust you know what's on you know this website or or what Google says. Whereas my experience is, you know, like I'm not saying that that's all I cling on to, but I think there's a level of trusting what we've learned, and and we're both big on you know questioning the norm. And, and again, it's like, I can't deny my experience and I think nobody else should. And so it's all about giving value to that, you know, especially, uh, also for me on the education level, you know, it's like, if you didn't go to college, it's like, good for you. Like there is, there are paths, you know, um, you can be very financially successful without college. You can also be incredibly successful in what really matters in life without college. You know, you may not have a ton of money, but you know, friends, family, or a li- or the life that you want, the life that you were truly led to live, um, whatever is valuable to you. And speaking of value, we're also a value for value podcast. So if, uh, if you feel like you get value at any point in the show, um, we kindly ask that you return that value in the form of either your time, talent, or treasure. Uh, we've got a website, value.degreeofexperience.com. Uh, for the financial uh, value, if you'd like to return that. Um, also, you know, you can email me. Uh, it's chris at bargeron.life uh, is, is a way if you want to give feedback on the show. That's very valuable. 
uh, artwork submissions, music, soundbite submissions, um, you know, or and also your time if you want to go review us, spread the word, social media, and be like, hey, I heard this episode, check this out. Uh, that's another way of giving value back, and it's the it's the way that we prefer to do it instead of instead of the old advertising model, because uh, that's just not the way to be. No, st- influence is bad, right? Yeah. You don't want to answer to anybody. Yeah, you don't want to answer anybody or feel like I can't say X or Y because then advertisers will, you know, shut us down or said, you know, said service will cut us off or remove us. You know, that's why we're 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 big on a we're on all the plat we're on as many at least platforms as I could get us on. But uh at the end of the day, we're a podcasting 2.0 podcast, so we'll always be out there, uh, thanks to that protocol. So, and if anybody's interested in what that means, you can go to, uh, I think it's podcastindex.org, or you can go to newpodcastapps.com. It may have been a .com. I really need to get to where I know the, the index website. Really, newpodcastapps.com is the best way for any listener to go to, um, unless you are a podcaster yourself, then the other website is where you can go to add yourself in the index. So yeah. But what are we going to talk about today, Sir Puck? Well, you had no idea. I guess the stress of coming up with the topic really got to you. You scheduled a, a, an episode recording session and like I text you like a half hour before. Let's, let's take a look at the timestamp here uh at 11 35 and we were supposed to get together at high noon honestly don't know yet you have any ideas you so, had an idea i want to give you credit for your idea but yeah, yeah so, things have been so changing that, that was the exchange that's what i got back from you you know 25 yeah. minutes before we we're supposed to record so uh i just kind of thought about it and you know what is something we have some degree of experience with right mm-hmm. uh um, you've been homeless. I got homeless people stories. Um, I seem to be bumping into them more too. So like that was kind of like a recent topical thing for me as well. Mm-hmm. So I threw that out there and you decided to go with, uh, what is it? Uh, people experiencing homelessness. Yeah. That Pe- how, how, how it's now. That's the current way to my knowledge of, yeah, of how it's expressed as people. Well, no agenda was way ahead of the curve because they were saying that like five years ago. Yeah. Or they were predicting that that would be the the new standard people experiencing homelessness. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. And no, and, and back because I, it's, it's gotten later and later. And of course, with, with the blessing of having a, a busier life and all these things going on. And last week was a crazy week for me. I've been getting more and more of just sort of, letting the topic come to me and just having faith that it'll come in time. And even like today, this morning I woke up and I was like, ah, God, what am I going to do? And, and this is what I want to share. I wasn't freaking out and I wasn't like, cause I also, I also know too, like, uh, you know, as a, as a, as, as a creative uh, person that, that sometimes that's, that can put up the biggest wall when you feel that pressure of like, I got to come up with something now and you, it just won't happen. But, um, so I just, I just kind of, I was like, you know, something's going to come, something's going to come. And then, yeah, when you were asking, I just, you know, my honest thought was just like, if he's got a, if he's got an inspiration, that's what it was meant to be. Like, you know, I'm always picking that topic, or so. I was going to turn us into a Nintendo podcast and talk about the upcoming, upcoming Nintendo direct. It's crazy. You mentioned that that was in the back excited. of my mind too. 
<laughs> that was on the back of my mind too. I was like, I was like, maybe we could talk about. Give me Wind Waker. I started daydreaming about a Nintendo concept too, of like, you know, maybe we could talk about our history with Nintendo and and how video games are. Maybe we do have a degree of experience for there. Hey, man, let's do that next time. Away for the next episode. Yeah, let's do that next time. Um, Yeah, that's pretty good. Video games. Yeah, Uh, but today is homelessness. (laughs) <laughs> let's bring it back let's down. bring it back <laughs> you put that stuff outside it doesn't belong here <laughs> yeah get Let, out of the house <laughs> get out of the house um oh. so yeah i guess we can let's start I'll, we'll start by i'll talk about my experience with homelessness and kind of put the uh official sort of stamp on like this is where i'm coming from and this is my degree of experience why don't we we try something first like why don't you why don't we both to start off with just so it doesn't go on with you for an over like i'll answer first and then i'll let you and then you can go on but like let's just try and uh for to start off like try and think of like the first time you remember seeing a homeless person okay i think it's a good idea but also for record just know my story won't be that long but let's dig in your idea and i love your question that's what she said it won't be that long. Actually, it's what I said, but that's okay. Um, I forced it. <laughs> so the first time, I, you know what? To be honest with you, I can't remember the first time. Um, I thought I, I was going to answer. Well, I th- you presented the question, so I thought it'd be natural oh, for yeah. me to answer yeah. and you answer. Okay. But, sure. you know, if if you're hungry, go ready, then go for it. No, no, it's okay. No, man, it's cool. It's your own. <laughs> I got no answer. To be honest with you, I can't remember the first time. The, the my first experience really pops up with um the story I already shared with the Rainbow Gathering when I picked so up the hitchhiker. The first time is yeah. when you're first We're time. Being, yeah, I mean across. honestly. So I mean I, I think it was because I think it was just something and that will that will really bring up something that I'll share later. Because me yeah. and me and Rebecca were talking about uh homelessness just the other day. Um, and and she brought up a very cool point that i'm going to try and hold on to 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 bring in later um but i don't want to drag on what's your first your first experience so i grew up right in in southeast michigan so dearborn michigan and i can't remember seeing homeless people ever um in that setting we didn't go downtown detroit very often we went to what I remember maybe two hockey games when I was a kid. And then we went to, I went to a couple Tigers games. It wasn't much of a draw downtown besides that um, in the late eighties, early nineties. The first homeless person, first time I would have encountered would be in Atlanta. And I can't recall, it would have been going out and about like going down to little five points, something of that nature in high school. Um, or maybe when we went to go get <laughs> our, our fake IDs down by Lakewood, um, you know, getting further into the city. Of course, I never saw homelessness out in Cobb County that, that I encountered, not out in the open. Not that I can remember. Maybe. I don't know. I know I have recently for sure. Um, yeah, I was about so, to say it's, uh, it's, it's now uh, increasing here and steadily, yeah. I might add. Yeah. So, and then even... It's funny because like it's kind of been a topic in my life recently because like I I saw a homeless person around here for the first time, um, and like here not up in Nashville like on my way on the back roads to the little coffee shop, and I mentioned it to uh, the the girl who kind of does ops and is kind of filling in, 
the couple the couples had a another kid so she's doing a little bit of everything on top of the little bit of everything she was already doing but she mentions she heard that the county up buncombe county is shipping their homeless people here to henderson county i'm like no way so i'm in a networking i got a group of friends i get together with every wednesday just a, a networking group and one of the members is a city council member so I'm like, hey, Lindsay, <laughs> this is what I've heard. And, you know, I get like the basic. I don't want to hate because like she's very passionate about it, but it, you could tell it was almost boilerplate. Like, you know, like it, it was I could read it off, but I'm not going to. Um, but it was basically like another agency isn't allowed to move homeless people, basically. So like uh, th this person heard the sheriff's department was doing it. Um, so mm. her response was an agency isn't allowed to relocate people like that. So, uh, when I saw the lady at the coffee shop again, I was like, yo, this is what they said. And she's like, I don't know. I heard it from a sheriff. So the next time I saw the, the city council person, cause again, I see her every week. Well, this is kind of what she said. You know, you're getting into this. He, he, she said, he, she said type, type shit. Um, and she was like, oh, did she hear it from a sheriff? Like before I even said it. So I guess the sheriffs in my area are kind of sketchy, apparently, at least according to the Democrat of Henderson County, who I love. She's awesome. Um, <laughs> it's a very uh, rural community. And we're starting to get more and more uh, less conservative type people which is cool like i'm all for i'm all for whatever you want to be just don't like flaunt it and throw it in my face and tell me like you have a better way of doing things after a community has been doing it for a long time like in demand right <laughs> um so that's all to say that i've definitely seen more and more homeless people out in the sticks in the rural areas now um, this area is kind of like higher, like the housing prices are high because it's a tourist area. Um, but what I've also heard, one of the things that the councilwoman said was they pass through this time of year. So they're migrating <laughs> from the north to the south because winter's about to hit. Yeah. So you see more just because of that, because they're in a transitory period. Um, I don't know. I've always, you know, I even have stories like the, the first thing I can recall um, was, the, have I told on the podcast the story about the, the, the Who concert when I was a teenager? Um, Do you know this story? Don't know the story. Can I pause it real quick? Sure. For one thing that, that popped up that I do want to address, not long, but just real quickly. Cause address. Address, yeah. Because... Um, when when you when you brought up kind of where you were on you know you know that if a if a if a if people had been doing something a certain way for a long time you know and uh -huh. and it wasn't really you know and it, you you didn't appreciate somebody kind of coming in and then telling them telling you hey you shouldn't be doing it this way anymore uh -huh. um it made me think of Martin Luther King yeah so I just want to throw that out there as a little 
kind of shift on that. That sometimes, like sometimes we Bro, need somebody saying, to come like, in. Like I like, know you're not. People but, are living their own life and getting along fine. Yeah, but right? I'm like, sure people obviously. felt that way too back in the '60s <laughs> or '50s, whenever that was. You know what I mean? So anyway, not to. It I just. Mean, it's just. Are, are I found that interesting to share. Sort of social injustice going on in rural America that that I'm not aware of. I've been living here for a while, mm-hmm. and people are just kind of nice. So, I mean, I'm, I'm unsure. I'm not calling out your area. It was more that thing. And I had this, I just had that thought pop up. I was like, well, you know, actually, you know, every so often it is kind of good for somebody to come up and challenge the norm. So yeah, sure. But I'm, I, the, the point I was making is demand. Yes. It, it, right. Yeah. I understand your point. So, but yeah, what, what about this who concert? I have, I don't remember this story. So when we were teenagers way back in the day, uh, we need to tweetily do my buddy got tickets to uh the who and led zeppelin they were touring together so he got tickets it was back to back it was phillips arena downtown atlanta and the journey starts off with jimmy page hurting something and canceling that leg of their tour so my buddy had tickets to both nights and it, he had chosen between the two me and another buddy of which night like so basically the other buddy had chosen the led zeppelin night and i had chosen the who night so mm. uh by luck of the draw i was still going to a concert now i'm pretty sure this was the era of uh old boy wearing a dashiki uh and we were really already into pot heavily um so we're driving i drove mm-hmm. the old dodge spirit that broke down on the side of 7585 on the way to visit your wife slash my girlfriend at the time <laughs> in her college dorm room blew a head gasket on that puppy um Ooh. so we're driving we're driving down you know puffing i think we had a, a joint on the way right um going wild get there unload go up to the the front and we don't have the tickets on us oh shit man go back to the car now on the ground next to the driver's side door are the said tickets so already the universe is is telling us something here you know like are you boys sure this is kind of what you need to do so we get in. I don't remember who's opening or if it's even opening yet. I think they're just playing like the PA music, right? And uh, this couple sits down in front of us, bags, like, and, and starts pulling out a pipe and smoking it. Now, we didn't bring anything in, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we do the shoulder tap. I think I, I tapped the shoulder and, and engaged them and got them to pass it back to us. Now, my buddy, for some reason, thought it would be a good idea to hit said pipe and blow the smoke straight up into the air. Uh Uh-oh, smoke signals. Hey. hey. (laughs) So, uh, the proper people get said smoke signal (laughs) and show up probably in 45 seconds. Oh, no. And he has it in his hand. Like, I think as I see them coming, 
he doesn't, and I managed to pass it off. Um, so he's got it, and I immediately act like I have no idea who he is. Oh, <laughs> note to self. So I think they saw him with it, passing it to the people in front. So all three of them disappear and get taken away. Like there was, there were like the cops on both sides of the row. And I try and start tight, like following behind, you know, 50 feet or whatever. And, and mm-hmm. keep in mind, like I'm pretty ripped at this point, you know, like I'm a teenager smoked on the way we hit this bowl, you know, now adrenaline's pumping, mm-hmm. <laughs> like trying to find them and I lose them. So like, I don't want to experience this without my buddy. Cause I'm like, sure. He's about to get kicked out. I don't know. Are they going to watch those seats? Are they going to come get me? You know, if I go back to the seat. Okay. Um, So I have both the tickets and I end up outside kind of just like lost and wandering. When I get approached by a homeless person, it's like a little skinny black dude. And we end up walking around the arena probably like four or five times just talking, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to, he's trying to convince me to like hawk the ticket. You know, because obviously I'm not getting back in, blah, 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 blah. Like, I told him the story, all this. Yeah. And, like, notice, like, he's got this jacket over, like, his left arm. And, like, in his hand is a box cutter. So, like, eventually, I find my buddy still super high, looking down at the clouds eating a cheeseburger at one of the outdoor like restaurant venues and finally like ditch the homeless guy like and i don't even remember how the rest of the night went or anything like that it involved going back and probably sitting in the woods or the river you know yeah uh, i know that area but, of lakewood yeah this is, oh wait no it's not lakewood this was uh wait never mind you're at phillips yeah, yeah, never mind. I'm saying we probably went back homeward gotcha. <laughs> and hung out. Yeah, you know, uh, I was thinking of that so, like yeah. back area of Lakewood. So I've always had that kind of like experience in the back of my head, and then also like I, um, I mean, I went to school downtown Atlanta. So even when we visited down uh, Atlanta when we went to the zoo and all that, you know, mm-hmm. we we stayed downtown, and I took my girlfriend you know, up through all that area, <laughs> you know, she saw homeless people. It's like, it made me realize that it's not, everybody's not used to that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've become pretty immune to it. I mean, yeah. like, homeboy was just like, had his ass hanging out with just underwear on. And it's like, yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. We went to, um, Atlanta last week for, um, we went and we went and did a workshop at this, uh, private school, over in Cabbage Town area, and um, getting off the highway, um, the, you know, I've never, I've noticed little camps here or there, but I saw one particular camp that was mm. larger than usual at a spot that, like, it wasn't there the last time I drove through because I think we drove through it the same spot for the zoo visit um, a month ago or so, and and it was just, it was just, you know. I just noticed that. I'm like, wow. You know, it's hard to say for me if if homelessness is increasing in Atlanta. I don't have a barometer for that, but I can't say in 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 this uh, suburban area, well north of town, the 
East Cobb snob area. Never thought I'd ever mm-hmm. see homeless people in this area. And if it was, if I did see one, I would assume it was me. Um, I, but weren't I, you like homeless in that area too? I mean, like you were no, at least traveling from one place to another or something. Well, you, actually, you have... I guess I was like, I guess. So yeah, we can, I'll touch, I'll touch now real quick on like my experience with it. But, um, but, but, but to finish this thought of like, yeah, right in this area, it's, it's increasing. And it's interesting to see this mix. I was actually talking, talking to Munsta about this the other day. Me and Munsta hung out by the way on Saturday yeah. in person. That was, that was cool. Um, He's a cool dude. Yeah, he is. And um he, we we passed by we're Did heading, you guys stay hydrated? We did. We stayed very well hydrated. Yeah. Uh we we passed I'm proud of you both. And we were we we're proud of you. Uh we passed this um we passed this one one person that had like God, how did months to describe it? It was probably the Biggest, you know how like you know the cliche like you see like uh, somebody experiencing homelessness with the with the uh, shopping cart full of stuff and maybe packed up with a tarp over it. Yeah, this guy had like I don't know how to describe it besides it being a U-Haul, but it wasn't a U-Haul. Like it was that, but he had it built up just insanely high and insanely wide and like covered with like two tarps, and he just had it on the side of the road and he was just sitting there laying on the sidewalk, just like you know, sleeping essentially. And we both kind of noticed it and didn't say anything about it. And then as we went on, it, it just really came up in the conversation at some point, um, naturally. And it got us on the conversation of kind of seeing more homelessness in our area. And, and the mix between like those people that like, you know, they're struggling. You can see that they've been living in the woods for, for a hot minute versus we're also seeing these type that, that you know they got they're sitting in the Walmart parking lot with a sign you know it says homeless please help you know we're hungry and you just kind of look at them and you're like you don't look it you really don't <laughs> you know and it's like I don't want to judge but because I've been there I've been in a situation where you know I was exaggerating the story you know and and you know I mean and I can say from firsthand experience I mean you can make some money doing that you know, you go out and, and you beg in the right spot for, you know, just a couple hours. You can walk away with a hundred bucks. So encourage me. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, you know, not, so that was, that was the conversation we were having about kind of discerning the difference there. Um, and, and what we're seeing more in our area, but, um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of, you know, I've shared some of it already on the podcast. So not to really, I'm going to try and cover sort of un, disclose aspects like of course when i went to the rainbow gathering that and and those experiences were different because i had a van so there was there was more of a sort of a camping experience there was more of a, a sense of safety because i had a vehicle to sleep in um and but but that and the and the uh the, the rainbow gathering experience with anyone that that is new to the podcast doesn't know what i'm talking about you can go back a few episodes the rainbow gathering it's like a two-part episode but that was my experience with begging and that's when i learned about begging and how to beg and i did it for a while until i had a, a woman from a compassionate place call me out and it and it just hit that shame button and i and i never did it again um but i did have moments in my drug addiction where i i lost places and really the real homeless experience was when i was in denver yeah. Um, after I got out of 
rehab and moved into a halfway house, uh, I started smoking weed and, and, uh, it came a point where, where I was caught and there was some back and forth. They let me stay there, but they're like, you need to quit. And I didn't. And, and then finally I just had to, I just had to go, but I didn't handle it well. It wasn't like day said you need to leave. It was another one of those experiences where I, I went out and, and partied and I just couldn't show face. And so I decided like, um, I think I called him and said, you know, I, I just can't come back. And so it was really that, that first, those first couple nights was by choice. But at the same time, I was freaking out because I didn't know where to go. And, but I, you know, so I, I just hung out downtown and, but at the same time, I had less of a fear of it a little bit at that time because there were so many homeless people and, and there were so many resources that I knew of that I had a feeling like I was going to be okay or I was going to find a place. And I remember that night I ended up, I mean, I just wandered town for a while and then finally, like there's a river that runs along it and there's like this nice little walk and, and these different little overpasses. And I found a spot on an overpass and under an, a little o- an overpass. And I just kind of lay down and tried to sleep. And I think I slept for a little bit until a rat came up, uh, alongside me and like went over my foot and it scared nice. the, be- the Jesus, the bejesus out of me. Uh, and so I got up and then just kind of wandered to town for the rest of the night. Um, just feeling sorry for myself. Um, but again, in this, in this moment, I will clarify that like, again, it was, uh, I didn't see it as a choice in that moment, but I was making wrong choices and I was playing a victim in my head. I could have just done the right thing, gone back to the halfway house and said, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, and, and I want to try again. They would have let me come and stay. But it was like the mixture of pride and it was also the mixture of like, I didn't want to change. So, so I just wandered around town the rest of the night and just showed up to work because I had a job at the time. So I showed up at work at Starbucks, uh, just exhausted and, and, uh, and a little dirty because I hadn't showered in a couple days and somebody at work kind of, you know, and I'm upset and, and I think I was crying every so often, trying to cry like out of sight. And, and one of the coworkers was like, Chris, what is wrong? And I broke down and told him, you know, that I had slept on the streets last yeah. night, you know. And, and so one of my coworkers, they reached out to one of my coworkers and, and ba- he basically said, he's like, dude, you can, you can sleep at my place tonight, you know. And I crashed on his couch and then he's like, you know, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. And so I think I crashed on him. Oh no, I crashed on his couch one night. Um, and then I spent another night the same way on the streets like that. And then, and, and then again, just really didn't get any sleep. And then, and then it was the day after that, that another roommate or another guy at work said, you know what? I could use a roommate. Uh, I live in a little single room apartment. Uh, you know, I could use someone to split the rent with. It would really help me out. Let's, if you know, I'll let you come stay with me until you can, you know, get on your feet. And, um, but I wasn't in a good place. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, um, very responsible. And so once I hit that comfort zone, I just stayed in that comfort zone, you know, and instead of saving up my money, like I was supposed to, I was, I was just buying pot like crazy. And at that time we did just, was just legalized in Denver, 
Um, so legal weed was around, but it was pricey. It was good, but it was pricey. So, you know, so I'm, I'm just struggling paycheck to paycheck still based on these decisions. And then I think, like I, I said before, it, it came to a head when I decided one weekend I'm going to drink. Um, it's been long enough. I think, I think I just, I've earned one night and it also, I'd started working at a restaurant and there was drinking at the restaurant. They were starting, I think I mentioned like, it's hard you know, sh- liquor is the rewards there for a hard Friday night of work. And I just kept getting tempted and tempted by joining them in those Friday night shots. And I finally did. And so I got a hotel, I went out, I went out drinking and like I, the story was told before I blacked out, I lost track of, of, of at least a day. And I lost that job because I just didn't show up. You know, I was a no call, no show. And there was some other issue that had built up to it. So they let me go. Um, and then the depression hit. I think I, I was gone for basically four days and then I came back to that apartment. And then it was like a week later of some back and forth of, I think from his perspective, it, it was, it was, I mean, I wasn't doing anything different. I was just feeling sorry for myself. He was just like, you got to go. And, and it kind of came to a head because when the conversation came up, it wasn't like he came at me the most compassionate way, but I'm saying it like looking back, like, I don't think he was really coming from, you know, he, he wasn't ill-intentioned. I mean, he was, he was protecting himself, but we, we had an argument and, and I got kicked out. And that's my real homeless experience. I was on the streets, I think, for three days at that point in downtown Denver. And I went, I, you know, I got, I bought some booze. I cried in an alleyway for hours. I went back into the city. I met some kids that were kind of like also homeless and hanging out. And we just like drank together. I was like, hey, I got some booze. They're like, hey, we got some weed. We went out to, we found a place in the park and we made a fire. We had a good time. I slept, you know, again by the river in this public park. Um, and, and they, uh, and I woke up next morning and like my backpack was gone <laughs> and they were gone and all my valuables were in that backpack, you know? And then I think I spent another, another day on the streets and that's when I broke down and reached out to my family for help. And that's when they sent me enough money to get me in a hotel. And then that led to me eventually getting picked up and brought back to Georgia so overall, we're talking like maybe five days on the streets in that period of time. And then there was the experience when I left No Longer Bound and just walked from Cumming, Georgia to Woodstock, Georgia. And that's about, it took me about two days um, with, a, with about a, I guess you could say six, hour, six to eight hours worth of stopping to sleep a little bit. And the first time I did it, when I got to my dad's house, he just took me right back. The second time I did it, I didn't, I knew not to go to my dad's house, but this is the one story I'll tell. So like, because this is when I, I again had that experience of sleeping under bridges. I slept under this bridge on 400, tried to, um, couldn't really sleep. I went and slept along a business building for a while until a security guard came up and told me I had to move. I slept behind some abandoned building for a few hours. I slept in a closed strip mall for another few hours here. And I just walked and walked and walked and walked. Um, about two days later, I ended up in... 400, geez. Yeah. I, uh, I, two days later, I made it to Marietta. And, 
and I slept. That's when I came up to our old stomping grounds. You remember that children's hospital at Shelford and Sandy Plains? Yeah. I slept there. Um, and you stole a book for you stole the Martian from that target. I did. I got, I, I, I stole some, I stole some, uh, some, some warm socks and, and the Martian book from target. Uh, thank, thanks for, thanks for exposing me here on the, on the, on the podcast. Um, and, uh, your current address for the, uh, the, the anti-theft people over at Target. Yeah. Right. Um, it's funny cause I actually, I actually years later, uh, was in a band with somebody who was a, uh, investigator for target, but he, oh. he, he was an investigator for like, this is actually really interesting. He was an investigator for target on the targets, like more downtown that were getting hit by, uh, by these, uh, gangs for, yeah. um, for basically like third party markets in foreign countries. Like they would come and steal tons of stuff yeah, and then they'd sell it. Interesting. And then they would give it to somebody who would then sell it in a third world country for whatever, you know? Wow. Okay. So I had that happen. So I think I've exposed that I've worked at blockbuster video. Well, at one point I moved downtown with uh, that buddy in a daishiki. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Blown smoke signals in Phillips arena. Uh, and as such, I I switched the blockbuster I worked to to one on Ponce de Leon Avenue. Um, interestingly enough, there was a homeless shelter slash like vet place with beds, you know, maybe a block up. So I'd always see people like going through the trash and the cigarette butts and all that kind of stuff. But all this to say, the experience I had with that was they would remember those old... Uh, We'd have the bins full of just like five fifteen dollar DVDs or whatever or discount DVDs and those big like bins. Oh yeah, at the ends of the aisles. Mm -hmm. So what they would do is they would empty those and put trash bags in them and just start dumping stuff into the trash bags and then go out the the side emergency door. I feel like I've told the story, maybe perhaps. Um, I know I've told the story. I can't remember if it's been on the podcast or not. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's interesting to know that that's where they would go with them. It is. I always wondered, like, why are you stealing all these? And I mean, I guess resell. I just never thought about it too much. Yeah. And it was it was nuts to learn about it because the guy, I mean, you would have thought he was a freaking because I'm, I'm not like he had a spy van. Like his job was outside of Target. Like basically Target paid him to go and figure out who these gangs were and where they were, and then they would report it to the police. So he mm. straight up had provided by target, like a van with surveillance wow. equipment and such. And he it's would still be kind of sketchy. I don't know if I'd be wanting to mess with gangs in Atlanta. It was interesting. It was, um, whatever. Sorry. Somebody just showed up at the house. So you pick up something. I mean, they're usually smarter than they look or seem. Yeah. <laughs> they figured that that out, and all of a sudden they're tailing you home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's some no, some door door salesman. Luckily, Rebecca's here. Um, but um, so yeah, so I um, so yeah, so I slept there, and then I walked from Marietta to downtown Woodstock because that was my thing. I was going to go. I didn't. I knew not to go back to my dad's, so I needed a. I needed to get on the internet and I had a library card, but it was in Cherokee County. Mm -hmm. So 
I uh, so I went all the way to the library in Cherokee County and started reaching out to people, and that's that was the path that led me back to my dad because basically people were like, "Hey, your dad's had a change of heart, and you know, and, and uh, you know, he's willing for you to come back and try a different path." So, but but yeah, and so that's that was my last real homeless experience I remember because it was cold, and I was actually hunched up against the the double doors on the back end of that of that children's hospital, and there was just a little bit of heat coming out of those door cracks. And I basically was just huddled over it, you know, and, um, you know, so it gave me, so those kind of experiences, you know, you know, there's, I have a level of compassion, but at the same time too, I have a level of discernment. I feel because in my experience with interacting and then again, living downtown and working in a Starbucks in downtown Denver too, I, I, I was, very familiar with, with a homeless, uh, population down there. Um, and also being in the Salvation Army rehab center, um, being involved there and learning about different, you know, we had this place called the triangle and it basically was like a detox in one corner, uh, a homeless shelter in another corner. And then God I forget what was on the third corner, but you know, and I was on food stamps and so just some of the like mentality perspectives and, you know, I met people that had like, I mean, just their families, you know, somebody had died and they just, and that was it. They just didn't have anything and they didn't know what to do. And, and, and they were just had been on the street for like a year. And then I met because they legalized marijuana. There was a ton of people that were just 18, 19, 20 that just up and left their homes and came to Denver without a plan, except like, I want to be there because that's where, you know, clearly it's, it's, it's my people kind of a thing. And, and they would, they would be on the streets within a short amount of time. And actually when marijuana legalized, that was a huge boom in, in young, in, in young adult homelessness. Um, and then, and then you got your drug addicts, um, which was a more common one I dealt with in Starbucks because, you know, they, those would be the ones you'd have to do something about because they're, 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 they're bothering people, they're, they're being aggressive, things like that. Um, and then he had ones that were just, you know, they may have had mental health issues, but they weren't aggressive, you know? And, and those are the ones that, that probably were easiest to be most compassionate for because they were friendly, you know? They were humble about things. They weren't pushy, but it's, you'd just be like, hey, man, here you go, you know? Um. So yeah, I know that's that's a Denver was a big extent of my experience with it, but again, it it gave me this discernment that I still to this day sort of I don't know how accurate it is, and so I do question my gut instincts, but I will have a gut instinct of like, you know, that person is sort of seriously suffering, and that person is just making bad decisions, but you know could do something different because that's certainly where I was, you know. Um, I've also had the impression throughout my life that they're usually better off than they appear. Um, like for instance, when your wife, she worked at a pizza place that was right off the interstate, uh, off the connector downtown when she was in college. And she like had a clear view of these homeless people that were mm -hmm. standing, you know, at the end of the on-ramp or off-ramp, whatever begging. And they would get done with their shift, the, the homeless person. And, go around the corner and get in their Audi and drive home. I giggle because there's a, there's a, there's a Wayne's brothers movie that, that makes like the same joke, 
But yeah, yeah that's a thing. That's totally a thing. And that's yeah, what and, that's where we're having a discussion and, about the people at Walmart and, here. Yeah, and locally here, up right at the border of Henderson and Buncombe County is Airport Road. Um, and this is just one intersection that I frequented f- frequently, frequented frequently, um, on the way home from work <laughs> back at the old job. And then we also, uh, one of my girlfriend's daughters worked at the McDonald's right there. And there's this quote unquote homeless guy who makes enough to stay at the hotel right there 24 seven. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just from you know, so like, is that really like clearly you can manage your money enough to afford however much it is a night, you know, which is pretty close to rent. Um, it's just I wonder how that happens, how it is that people can get caught in that where. Okay, I'm going to throw a number at you because I, I came a little prepared. I Googled a little bit and had some stuff pulled up. Mm. But this is this is like just to just to see where your head is. Do you think homelessness in the United States is up or down? And this is only from so like your range. Is it up since 2007 to only 2020? So okay. we're not taking into account COVID and all that gotcha. yet. Um, would you think pause. the total number because they break it down by a bunch of different numbers? Gotcha. I'm gonna pause that question real number. quick. I'm gonna pause it real quick because before I forget, I want to address kind of something important you brought up though about the guy that's in the hotel but still living that lifestyle and like yeah. you know, in sort of that sort of like you know, why or like you know, is that okay? Because there's a morality thing I think there that it presents of. You know, if if he's not bothering anyone and he's making these choices, like sure, there's a moral debate on. His sign says I'm homeless. He, I mean, he's lying, right? But you know how you know we give lawyers a ton of money, and what do they do for a living? You know, I'm just you know they just it, you how, know what I mean. Does, like, how does that correlate to how honest the guy are lawyers? Saying he's homeless and, and yeah. making enough money to where he should be able to impact his life positively and not sit on a corner and beg. I'm just proposing that idea that somebody can make choices for themselves and sure he's manipulating people, but he's just, he's manipulating people that are making that decision to give him money. Not a lot of money. They're making a conscious choice. And then he goes, he's, you know, he's choosing that out of, that's what's comfortable for him. Sure. There's a better life he could be able to do for himself, but I'm trying to pull that sort of judgment out of this thing. Because again, you know, I, he's I'm probably, judging. I'm just giving Oh, no, you know, no, 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 no. Well, you, you just raised the moral question and just got me thinking. So I'm kind of thinking out loud. This isn't like aimed at you, but I think it's an interesting comment too, because so many of us would just be like, God, what's wrong with them doing that? But it's like, and that's his choice. And I've never thought of it this way before, because right. If somebody's saying I'm homeless, please help me. And, you know, it's but it's one of those shifts because I never thought of the lawyer comparison. It's like, you know, yeah, but how many other people for a living lie and they make shit tons of money? We give them shit. Politicians. Lawyers don't lie. Shit ton of money. We give politicians. Misnomer. I want to I want to pause you, sir, for misrepresenting lawyers. Cool. They don't lie. They they (laughs) they use the system for and against things. Right. And they're self-regulated. So that's the sketchiest part about lawyers. You know who's keeping track of lawyers? Lawyers. (laughs) Right. 
Well, maybe politicians are better thing, but I'm just well. If somebody is, if somebody comes clean to a lawyer and 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 expresses essentially that they're guilty for a crime, and the lawyer is being paid to plead not guilty and try and prove the case, that is an example I'm sort of setting in that regard. You know, that's somebody getting paid and and manipulating either a jury or yeah, you know, and and you know, but anyway, but. Uh, so, yeah, that just came up for me, that interesting sort of moral idea. You know, I never really thought too much about that before. So, but yeah, so your question again. So it's like how many homeless people have there been since what, 2017? Do you think there's been an increase or decrease um, from 2017 to 2020 in an overall homelessness? I would say an increase. Is that your final answer? Yeah. There's been a decrease. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Six hundred forty thousand to five hundred eighty thousand. So I mean, we're not talking like huge amounts, but it is a decrease during the age of Trump. You're telling me that homelessness shrank in this country? No, it actually increased from like eighteen nineteen into twenty twenty. Eighteen. Eighteen. I thought you just said a decrease. Now I'm really confused. So. So 16 and 17, it held steady. And then in 19, it started climbing back up. And in 2020, it started climbing back up. But it was overall down from 2007. Oh, 2007. I thought you said 2017. I got you. No. I got you. Okay, I, miss, I misheard. So from t- 2007 to 2020, it, it's less than in 2007. That's still interesting. Still interesting. And they definitely started measuring things differently because you have these families uh, of uh, people in families, and then all of a sudden youth pops up, mm-hmm. and then veterans too. I, I think these numbers are obviously low. That's the other thing. Anything that's that's especially when it comes to these vets, I don't know. Well, there's um, there's 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 the question of how that is calculated, how how that information. Oh, is Oh, there's gathered a question because, of all that every time. I mean, you everywhere. know, it's like, of course, I'm not. A, I mean, how? I mean. You know, is this based on people that applied, you know, at things? I mean, because there's so many homeless people that you can't account for that are just out in the woods. So if anything, right, you got to kind of assume there's a lower that those numbers are on the lower end of the spectrum. But still, um, there's still the momentum that it shows, I think, would be accurate. Certainly, you know, if homelessness is increasing, you're going to see more people signing up for help, you know, et cetera. Um, or for food donations, you know, because some places I know like track that for whatever reason or they need to for, or I don't know, tax or whatever purposes. So, yeah. But it's interesting that in, what, 13 years? But by how much did it drop? I mean, just a little bit? Under 100,000. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. It was like 80,000, I think. Yeah. Don't make me do math, Chris. Well, is there is there any text around it? Like, I know you just kind of Google something. It's just is it raw data? Or is it? Oh, attached there's to an there's article? a whole bunch. If you just Google homeless statistics, mm-hmm. I went to the state of homelessness 2021 edition. Well, my question is if if dot uh, if that one source you're mentioning, like if it was connected to an article that said, you know, we, you know, this is accounted to an increase in, you know, social welfare welfare programs or, or you know. A, you so know. I'm literally looking at a chart after a bunch of texts that just says national trends by subpopulation, cool. gotcha. 2007 to 2020. Yeah. So that'd be something interesting to, you know, and it's probably a mixture of all sorts of different factors, but um, 
Most yeah. things are. Most things are. It's never as easy as just like, right, like, you know, this one thing changed everything. <laughs> but um but yeah, so it's so it's one of, oh, and then and so now I'll bring up though what happened, what I alluded to earlier about something interesting that uh Rebecca pointed out. Um from last week when we were in downtown Atlanta, we were coming on the highway. And there was a guy right on the on-ramp into the highway. But, of course, it's bumper-to-bumper traffic. And so, you know, we kind of stop right next to him. And he was one of those that I discerned as one that if I had money, I would have given it to him. Um, you know, he looked, he looked of need, of genuine need. And, I, but, you know, I don't have cash anymore, you know, um, unfortunately. Why do you feel it's on you to give somebody that's homeless money? It's not on me. I just want to. I just I just felt well, like why? I was like, I'd like to help this why. person. I'd like to help this person. Why not? I've got plenty of money. Why not? You know, this guy just needs a little something to help him out. I've been there. You know, I will so I, I just I give can't people understand money. your position. Please try and explain it more. Sure. I'm compassionate for other people. And and in this individual, something in my heart said, you know, you should help him. You know, and so I wanted to give him money, but I had none. And so my problem was because I didn't have money, I almost felt this like guilt about it too at the same time. So I had a hard time looking at him. I just kept my eyes forward. And Rebecca, all of a sudden in my peripheral vision, she does like a little prayer bow to him. And he returns it. And then we drove off. And it was an interesting sort of feel to that moment. And, and I think she mentioned it. I, I can't, yeah, I can't remember if she brought it up or if I had sort of like asked. I think she brought it up and I noticed, but but it was really cool what she said about it was that so many people in that position that I, that gentleman was just feel ignored, and we do ignore them. You know, we we you know it's like you see the the you know all the tents on the side of the road, and like sometimes you look, but overall maybe you might look, but you don't want to do anything about it. You know that 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 part of our society is essentially shunned and ignored and she said you know she's like if i can't give them money i at least give them attention and, you know because just that look just that little hint of like hey you're seen i see you um you know is a, it, it gives them something it, it would give me something i know like because i again i've begged on the side of the road so i know that feeling of like being ignored Versus like somebody least looks at you and smiles at you. And, you know, I don't know. I, it's just, I thought that was a really beautiful moment of, of hers. And it gave me kind of a shift too in that perspective of how, you know, I might move forward when, again, instead of having that feeling of like, oh, I don't have any money or, uh, you know, just like look at them and just a little bow, a little, a little thing of respect. Again, on a discernment level or, you know, at least that's my choice too on how. But I, I just, I don't know. That I thought that was a neat, a neat Rebecca moment. Yeah. She usually has good insight on shit. She does. And I mean that in the most uh, loving way. It came off as loving. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so it's, um, you know, and then I almost have that temptation on this conversation to go into you know, like, what do we do or how do we resolve this problem or is it a problem and all that stuff? And it's just like, that's not where my experience is. 
that's not even where my like desire is or you know i you know i don't know how to solve anything on in this regard at least all i know is just to handle each unique situation and and that's what i try to do is just you know and that's my focus these days period is just to spread love and unity you know and even if it's someone sometimes you know because like actually here's another example i was at uh the Publix by us and um I'm pulling in and I see this woman with a sign and, and then this is actually the counter while saying like, you know, the people that look clean cut and you're like, Oh, you know, they, you know, they're just, they're just, they're just making a quick buck and, you know, making whatever decisions, but they, they're fine, which I have that sort of judgment a lot. Um, but in this case, I don't know, just something in my gut said, you know, this woman might need some help. So I, I parked, I, I was going to ignore her and then, as I got kind of near the store, I just was like, you know, I don't want to give money, but maybe I can do that thing of like, here's some water. So I, I bought like a, I bought like a candy bar and a, and a bottle of water. And I came up to her and I said, you know, here, you know, you know, at least, at least I can help you, you know, with doing it out here. I've been out here, you know, for periods of time, you need to stay hydrated. Um, you know, and there's, and then I gave her a phone number for the unity care team. I said, you know, I don't, you know, you know, this, I don't know how well this, they can help, but at least if you call this number, I think there's resources you can go to. And then that's when she kind of told me the story, a little bit of her story about, you know, that she lost her job and she had two kids and they were in a hotel, but she was, you know, in about two of the three days, she didn't know what she was going to do. And, so yeah, well, you know, here's 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 some resources, and I think that's something to keep in mind too for pe- for people that may sort of have that mentality of like, you know, you don't always have to offer money, and you don't, you know, you you can you you know, and and you might get something negative. I've been in that position where I came, you know, or I offered like a sandwich. Somebody's like, nah, screw you, I want, I need money. I'm like, okay, well, I know where your heart's at in this thing, but you still, you know, you can offer you can offer a sandwich, a bottle of water. Um, and then, and then the best thing too is like, hey, here, you know, call this number. This this is a good resource because there is, you know, there there are a lot of good resources out there. It, depending on where you live, like I said, Denver was part. Of, I think why we had such a large homeless population was because of there was a lot of really good programs in that city. I'm really not certain about this area. Um, I know we have Must Ministries, but I'm gonna start calling you Mister uh, Idealistic. Hey, I like that. Hey, man. Hey, man. Look, to call. We're all look, bro. <laughs> come on, man. Like, feel the love. I know. I know you want money so you can get your next high. But here's buddy, a have sandwich. You, have you Have you thought about calling this number? Yeah. <laughs> I know you're just chasing after that bottle of Tito's vodka. Well, to go back to my maybe experience. that's what you know. What I think we're taking the approach, we're taking the wrong approach to this. I think that type of message, that phone number, <laughs> we need to partner with the bottom shelf liquor, the plastic bottles, all that stuff, and 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 put a marketing campaign. I think we can make some money off this. Oh, now, so you went from like <laughs> you went from like you, you twisting this into like, hey, this is a, this is a business opportunity. Oh man. <laughs> Well, well, I think it'd help people at the same time. You know, you put that number in front of them day after day after day, better chance of them calling it than just this one happy-go-lucky hippie <laughs> that gives a, Well, I'll, uh, I will say this, and maybe as a possible closing, like, again, about the... 
the 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 biggest impact that happened to me was was a woman yeah. that you know that actually saw me, recognized me, spoke her truth, and saying, "Look, I'm going to give you money, but you know you're better than this. I think you're better than this." You know, of course, this was a situation where I was lying. I was I was young and saying, "Hey, I need money," and she was like, "I don't believe you, but I'm still going to give you money." But you know, you're you're there's a I see a lot of hope for you in your future, and I think you know you can make better decisions than this. And 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 if she hadn't have said that to me, I don't know where I'd be today. But it was a huge turning point in my life when that that one brave woman said that to me, you know. And who knows the impact that you know? I don't know. I mean, she probably never called that number. But what if she did? What if that one act of kindness like changed her and her family's life for the better? And I think we all have that you know, that, that power, you know, and it may be successful, it may not, but, um, why not? Why not try it at every chance we get? Boom. Cause I'm tired and I've tried <laughs> and I've seen too many abuse and use the system. <sighs> and I made lots of good money that got taken by taxes and, you know, everything kind of seems about the same. Although apparently we've got homelessness down. So, Hey, you know, like, yeah, I mean, I was surprised by that by that number too. I'm surprised the White House hasn't taken uh, credit for this yet. Yeah. It seems like something they could pull past people. Just show them the numbers from 2007 to 2020, and I'm sure they can find a way to take credit for it. Yeah, any White House, by the way, people. Yeah. Any White House. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. It's. I th- you know why? This is why. I'm gonna I'm gonna say. It's the same thing about um, because classism is sort of an avoided topic. The you know the whole div- divis- divisiveness in our country that we are encouraged to have. It's more over superficial things I feel than like what's really important. Because if we were, I mean, there's some stuff about like you know the 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 big business, the one percent versus the middle class. But it's not really you know what I mean. But not so much the like. The lower end of the spectrum versus the middle class or this and that or I don't know. It just it seems like that's just something that is just still sort of like, oh, don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Focus on abortion. You know, focus on, you know, how I don't know this other stuff. I feel like if we really became I don't know, that's just my gut fe- feeling. Hop subjects. Mm-hmm. I was at a Friday night football game, high school and overheard two high school kids, a female and a male having an argument more is like i want to say conversation but they were she was at least hostile and i don't know if he was just i couldn't quite hear him mm-hmm. but like the points that he was bringing up probably were antagonistic um but it started off with her saying i know how you feel about this um so i don't know the context of why she knows that how she was assigning <laughs> that representation to this kid uh but it was about abortion Mm. High school kids mm-hmm. talking about abortion. Did did we talk about abortion when we were high school kids? I mean, I, feel like that I know, was like a, I know, a college was, thing, right? Like, well, I don't remember. It was on my radar because I had had an experience with that um, when I was oh, around. Do we have like another, 16, we have another uh, episode percolating? We can only let it go so many weeks before we pull the trigger on it, though. I mean, you know, it's it's probably inevitable. <laughs> Get that? Please tell me you got that. <laughs> so this has um, been the degree of experience. Uh, <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, Are you really going to cut me off there? 
No, I, I, I was just making it. I, I don't pull the trigger. Was that it? Was if it was an abortion joke, it went over my head. It really did. It just left. It just kind of hung there for a while. Yeah. I don't, and I and I don't know if I even want to know. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't know if I really want to like figure it out. <laughs> no, I just said we've got to we've got to tackle this issue before a certain amount of weeks. Oh, okay. Now I get that. That's not as bad a joke as I thought it might have been. Oh. That's not as bad a joke as I thought, thought it was been. really good, man. Like No, no, no. Eyebrow. I meant like bad isn't like offensive. That wasn't that offensive. That was yeah. That was, no. I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you a golf clap for that one. That was yeah. good. That was good. Um especially in like this state cuz we're one of those states that's like, you know, you can't have an abortion until like you know, was it you have to have an abortion before basically I don't know. It's really early in this state now. It's like, it's like chances are by the time you realize you're pregnant, that time period has passed. It's essentially how many words I had to type in before it auto completed Georgia abortion law. Uh, G E O. Well, I did G A. Oh, G E O. Jesus. (laughs) Geographic. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, wait. Yeah, I'm spelling it right. Oh, you just put G A and then it popped up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I put G A space. Georgia. They would spell out Georgia completely. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I guess I'm not a good because because I guess I'm an old man and I use I use full words and complete sentences. I don't put B R B in my in my Google search. So uh, (laughs) you got your situation is until they can detect a heartbeat. Except in limited circumstances such as rape, incest, and threat to the life of the pregnant person. Person. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, also redefines the embryo and fetus as a person in George's code. Mm. Yeah, and that's and that in our experience was like I think by the time we realized that she was pregnant and went and saw someone like there was a heartbeat. I think it's like I couldn't tell you the amount of weeks, but. And so you're saying the likelihood of people catching it that early. So yes. you're a state where people are going to travel to a different state. Basically. Oh yeah, certainly. Oh yeah, certainly. Yeah. yeah. And again, like we were trying to have kids and we didn't find out until by the current law, if we had wanted to abort, it would have been too late. You wow. know? Yeah. So, so, you know, so for people that are right, like have whatever scenario where, you know, they got pregnant, and then it's a surprise and they want to do something about it. It's it's too late. You yeah. know, it's not like two weeks in and you suddenly are like, ooh, there's something different. I mean, if you're really in tune with your body, may if a woman's really in tune with her body, but still, I mean, it's just it's so I don't know. But but that's I don't know. Yeah. This this is not the day or time I feel to go into that. Oh, I've got a whole take on that too. Yeah. Let's well, we're already we're at First time, thing. my man. I'm calling time. Why are you calling time, man? <laughs> what do you got to do? You got something to do? I actually do. I got something to do. Yeah. What do yeah. you got to do? Yeah. You get some like I got money an appointment thing. You're starting to make more money than me. I'm gonna just like take myself out behind the building. I've been shoot. doing a lot of free work. Be frank. I'm still in like spreading the name you, and networking. Don't give yourself away for free, bro. Yeah. Well, did we not have that conversation? We did. Don't do we anything did. Yeah. for free that you can get paid for. Yeah. Well, or like for less money. Like we're doing. We're doing some stuff at sort of lower you can trade you can trade yeah and trading too that's a good point yeah for like google reviews and things like that but yeah 
cutting it off. I mean, don't Thanks. start giving handies for Google reviews, man. That's 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 taking it a little too far. This has been Degree of Experience, a podcast where we reevaluate the past in order to redefine our present and future. Hey, you you redefined how we're classified. So, you know, I, did. I feel like the, the handcuffs came off. I no longer have to ascribe to some uh, professional aspirations. We're just shooting the shit now. I mean, that's why I changed the category. That's completely why I changed it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it was, it was stifling for both of us. I was in this place of like, yeah, just, you know, is, you know. The the handcuffs are off for better or for worse, um, but uh, but yeah, thank you all for listening. Uh, appreciate it. Again, uh, if you have found any value in this, if you enjoy the podcast, like to keep it going, um, we're value for value. So please return value at value.degreeofexperience.com. Um, you know we do have uh, expenses to keep this going, and uh, all sort of help is appreciated to keep the the digital lights on on this on this uh on this podcast um so anything else there's a really feel? long outro there buddy you got anything else sir puck uh no i'm just i i am and always will be sir puck and i'm chris bargeron and uh thanks everyone for listening adios mofos and such, such.
did that kind of in unison that was cool 